Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Stock Show. My name is Annabelle, and I do reviews of movies or TV shows that I've seen. And I've got Jace back again today. Hey, guys, <laughs> it's Jace again. <laughs> <laughs> so, every Thursday, Jace and I will be watching The King Eternal Monarch and producing reviews of the two episodes we just watched. You can listen to our podcast on Thursday, watch the new drama episodes released on Friday and Saturday on Netflix, and join us for the adventure to find out if The King Eternal Monarch will be a good show. So, Jace, did you like the ending song for last Thursday's podcast? <laughs> yes, I thought it was super cute and somewhat relevant to episode 6. That's right. And speaking of which, IU just released a new song, so go listen. It's like Disney. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. Like, yeah. you're so up to date with K-pop more than me. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, today we're talking about episode 7 and 8 of The King Eternal Monarch. And Jace, any initial thoughts about episode 7 and 8? Um, sure. So I think the pace was really slow in episode 7. Nothing much happened there. I think episode 7 was very close to being useless. But thank God, it finally started to pick things up in episode mm. 8, giving us more clarity about the story. Uh, so why don't you start off by giving us a synopsis of the episodes? Yep, um, so Egon brings Young to the parallel world in episode 7. Then mm. Young meets Unsop, where they both freak out. But Unsop surprisingly believed the parallel world story very well and quick. Um, <laughs> Irim continues to interfere with the balance of both universes by bringing people back and forth from two worlds for his mm. plan against Egon. He seems to gain money and power in both worlds by planting his people everywhere, though. Um, Tail and Egon, on the other hand, work on the crime cases together, sort of, um, telling Tail about Irim's existence and asking her for help to research about Irim's activity in her world for the past 24 years. Also, Egon finally understands the time stops whenever Irim and him travel to the other side of the universe. Then he asks Young to remain in his in this world and catch Irim. And the episode ends with Luna. Her character was finally revealed when the mm. Prime Minister came to the jail to see her, thinking yeah. she is Egon's secret girl. Mm. Uh, Egon attempts to bring Young to try Korean army stew at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he finally manages to try it, the owner yeah. of the restaurant recognizes um, Egon as the emperor. So Young and him catch him and threaten him to spill the tea. Yep. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Tail is working hard with her murder case and finds out it is again related to the parallel world as the suspect of the murder case has the 2G phone, yeah. which all the Irim's followers tend to have. Yeah. Uh, the episode ends revealing that Kang Shin-jae is from Egon's world. He yeah. still remembers quite a bit of things when... He was a kid back in Kingdom of Korea. He remembers yeah. Egon's name. He remembers the royal family symbol, which could mean he's also part of Irim's plan. The points that you brought up, uh, I do have some strong opinions about them. It's a bit um, problematic. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, But we'll get to that later in this episode. Uh, so the title of episode 8 should be called The Wudo Huan Fan Service <laughs> <Yes>! Episodes. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen episode 8, please go and see it because um, the way he interacts with himself, Wudo Huan interacts with himself, <laughs> is just 
it's just really amazing how he is as yes. an actor, um, being able to portray so many um, sides of himself. Mm. And also the editing was very well done. So usually for these kind of shots when uh, we're trying to do camera magic, you know, um, two people who are exactly the same in the same shot, usually they will try not to have them engage with each other. But there are many shots in episode 8 where they are interacting with each other and I had to go back and forth a lot <laughs> just to see like how they did it. I was like, did they mask him? How did they mask him? So that was really interesting. I, I highly recommend episode 8. Yes, same. <laughs> Speaking of which, I came across an article just a few days ago that The King Eternal Monarchs episode 6, so that's um, last week's episode, received the lowest viewership rating so far. Mm. And from what I understand, viewership ratings in Korea are very important. The higher the viewership rating, the more likely the drama or TV show will be considered for sponsorships and awards. And to me, like the average viewer, the good ratings indicate whether a show is worth watching. So, uh, I just had a, like maybe just a few brief thoughts about this. There might be a few reasons why the ratings didn't do very well. So, the internet offers a wider choice of platforms to watch content on. So, you and I, we are watching on Netflix, but other people may be watching it on other streaming sites that may not be completely legal. Yeah. Or they might be even watching it at different times. So, not all the data has been collected. Also, binging culture is also something that could have been affecting viewership ratings. So, Korean dramas air on television weekly, but for digital natives like you and I, we are so used to having content on demand and mm. some of us prefer waiting for the whole series before we, wanna, uh, before we start because we just want to binge. And that might not be like weeks or months until after the drama has ended production and mm. this data may not be reflected. So, yeah, what I have to say about this is... Our, the way our generation consumes content has consequences on the way content is produced. If our data isn't collected, executive decisions regarding funding may not work in favour of the show in the future. The show may get cancelled uh, or the production may not have enough funding to do fancy stuff that may be essential to the plot. But that is just my research uh, as of 2019. So uh, what do you think, Jace? As a, because I know you like to binge, so what do you think? Um, first of all, I'm not really sure why Korean broadcasts are obsessed with viewership rates uh, mm. when there are so many of us watching a show on different platforms now, not just mm. international viewers, but Koreans in Korea too. I'm not sure if Netflix or other platforms viewing data is collected and is reflected in some way, but I assume mm. the actual rate would be much higher for The King Eternal Monarch. Um, dr this drama seems to be more popular overseas than in Korea. Must be mm. the liminal effect, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, to answer your last question, Lori, um, I don't mm. think drama like this will have any issues because of the viewership rates. The mm. amount of sponsorships this drama has is crazy. Um, also, the revenue they generate from Netflix or other legal platforms must be a lot mm -hmm. too, I reckon. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I read an article from All K-Pop, and that's just like a Korean fan-based article site. And they actually said that the K-Eternal Monarch's bad viewership ratings seem to be swayed by one simple thing. Bad screenwriting. Mm. <laughs> so many audiences are very disappointed that the mind who was behind two record-smashing dramas, Goblin and Descendants of the Sun, 
is writing cringy scenarios in The King Eternal Monarch. And you and I are no strangers to this because last episode we talked about how the romantic lines were at times so terrible that we just wanted to skip <laughs> through it. Yeah, and like you said just now, negative sentiment towards the drama was also exacerbated by the excessive sponsorships in episode 8. And uh, I recorded about four times when there was a sponsorship. And of the four, I think three of them stood out the most. So that was, the first one was when Egon takes uh, the coffee out of the refrigerator and he just suddenly comments that uh, it tastes so much like the one I had in the palace. (laughs) And the second one is when uh, Tail is on stakeout with her junior... What's the junior's name? Changmi. (laughs) Yeah, Changmi. I was like, what's Rose in Korean? (laughs) (laughs) She was on the stakeout with Changmi and Changmi takes out um, this packet of kimchi and she's like, oh, it tastes so fresh. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) And also she goes, she takes out like this lip balm. A multi-balm. Ah, multi-balm. So the lip balm doubles up as like a face balm as well. It's for hydration. And uh, she gives it, she makes a big deal. She gives it to Changmi and Changmi uses it and they're like both very pleased with the product. (laughs) I thought it didn't flow well at all to the (laughs) storyline. Like suddenly like Egon takes out the coffee and starts commenting about it. Yeah. And like, Tail suddenly put multi-bomb all over her face <laughs> when she's working. I'm like, what? Yeah, and then the way um, Limino holds the coffee, yeah, the brand logo was like, like <laughs> so obvious. Yeah, he he. I don't know the way he grabs it. The whole, you know what I mean? He might as well have turned to the camera, yeah. th- right there, and then say, "Drink this coffee. It's good Drink for this you. coffee." Yeah. Oh, so I wanted to mention, so if I watch um, King Eternal Monarch on a like, different platform, not like a legal platform, they do mm. record uh, this drama just as it's um, view- showing in Korea. Oh, okay. And then, So this is like the full Korean version. Yeah, yeah. And then okay. towards the end of the drama, after the preview of the next episode, yep. we can see the whole list of the sponsorships. And the amount of sponsorships they get is super crazy. Like there were, there were like ex- like jewelry brands. Really? Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> There's so many as well. Yikes! I I wow. As an international audience, I totally did not like. I we we totally we. I just skipped past the end credits because it doesn't make any sense to me. I can't read Hangul anyway. True. Wow. Okay. The thing is. Low viewership ratings in a single episode don't indicate that it's a bad drama overall. The drama does need time to unfold, and we're only halfway through the series. And I've noticed for other dramas that um, there are also times when the drama has highs and lows. For The King Eternal Monarch, the low viewership doesn't mean that the drama is completely bad. Like, not yet, at least. Um, Do episode 7 and 8 reflect this? I thought the drama was getting worse when I was watching episode 7. Uh. It was really slow-paced. <laughs> yeah. Nothing much happened there. But episode 8 was pretty... was well-made. Um, and definitely an important one for the drama as a whole. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say the drama is bad yet. It still has interesting storylines and the themes. Yeah. And the actors do such an amazing job in playing out the characters. Especially mm. Udo Han. He's yeah. really good at playing two very different characters. So he's not being biased, here, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, I read an article 
that they have a new producer of this drama. Not sure if that will dramatically impact the quality of the drama, though. But some viewers are very worried. Like I know that the change in producer for Running Man changed the format a lot, but that's a reality TV show, and mm. I'm not sure if it will actually impact the drama a lot. But I guess we have to wait and see. Yeah. Um. Maybe they will improve the CGI. Mm. Maybe the producer got fired because of the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> just because of I really one didn't episode. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, it wasn't just one. It was two, right? Was it? Yeah, oh, I yeah. remember they showed it before. It's just that they spent more time yeah. there in episode 6. Oh my gosh, um, if that's the truth, it would be so <laughs> sad. But I mean, Son has to take responsibility for such bad oh visuals. My gosh. Koreans are so harsh sometimes. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> that's why IU is like the anti-bullying ambassador. What is she? I didn't know. She is. <laughs> Fun fact. Um... So we also know that the writer Kim Eun-suk has a tendency to be very long-winded, especially in the way that she builds the world of the drama. Uh, we've seen this in Goblin. Mm. So is King Eternal Monarch moving at the appropriate speed? Every drama needs a different pace of unfolding the story. I'm yeah. aware of that, and I respect mm-hmm. the author's decision. Yeah. But this drama has been really slow-paced for my liking. <laughs> I mean, we are halfway to the ends, but nothing much happened apart from the romance between Egon and Teo. I wasn't yeah. hyped about episode 7 when I was watching it. I actually found like the romance between Egon and Teo looking a bit forced. And I rationalized it as, okay, they both know that they are like, the time together that mm. they have is very limited and they just want to YOLO it a bit. Oh. But at the same time, um, it doesn't really justify entirely. Like, I'm only about 65% like convinced with my own rationale. Mm. And I really hope that um, something will happen to make, make them become closer or something. Mm. Yeah, hopefully this change of producer <laughs> will work some magic <laughs> in the It's the producer's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the screenwriter anymore, it's the producer. <laughs> so there but there still are things, the other things that stood out to me in these two episodes specifically. Mm. So there's transnationalism in K dramas that um was revisited in uh King Eternal Monarch. This is something quite common, I would say, in K dramas where they invite a Westerner or a Chinese person <laughs> to speak in their native language and everybody in the audience just doesn't know what they're saying. <laughs> But lucky for lucky for me, I do. I understand everything they're saying in Chinese and I can say their Chinese accents and lip syncing is disgusting. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I didn't know they were lip syncing at all. I thought it was very natural. <laughs> oh my gosh. They didn't punch in for a close-up shot for a reason. Oh. They stuck to a wide shot because they didn't want us to notice how their lips were moving a bit out of sync. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that at all. Oh my gosh. Your reaction is how it's like me when you said that there were North Korean accents. I was like, where? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> so yeah, now we're even. Um the second thing that stood out to me in these two episodes was the boy playing Yo-Yo isn't Kang Sin Jae. So we thought that he was because um the bookshop looks so old, right? Yeah. And the mother had long hair instead of yeah, her hair different. Mm-mm. There's a difference in her length, right? 
yeah, this boy exists in the current time frame and he knows Luna. So I'm a bit confused actually by this whole Yeah. I don't really know where where everybody is. Yeah, so I'm just guessing maybe there's no time traveling elements at all in this mm. drama. I'm still gunning for there is time travel. It's just that maybe Because there okay, is an we'll... element of like time there. Because Irium's not getting any older. So yes. I I'm confused too. <laughs> like <laughs> Wow, we're both confused. What 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 are we doing on this podcast? <laughs> so we confirmed that I guess at least Zhang Teo is not a time traveler. Mm. Not now at least. Yeah. Because she does not exist. Uh sorry, she does exist mm. in Egon's universe. Uh, but that makes me wonder more about Kang Sin Jae because he seems to suddenly have a lot of memories of the past yeah. and they're giving him more um, screen time as well. It might it might explain why he's carrying her police lanyard because, you know, he's in love with her and maybe she doesn't live so he keeps it around with him um, when he goes back into the past because he's not doing it for Egon, he's doing it for Teo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing a wild guest yep, here. Yep. <laughs> so going back to the predictions we made in our first podcast, Yi Lim, the evil uncle... Wait, sorry, am I pronouncing it wrongly? No, it's Yi Lim. Yi Lim, okay. So Yi Lim and his, uh, and his army are on the move and we kind of predicted that um, he's going to take over one of the universes. It's just a matter of how and when. Mm. And this drama has repeated that two people can exist on the same plane. One of them needs to be annihilated. We don't know for sure if one of the worlds are going to cease to exist, but episodes 5 to 8 have been trying to discuss the whole concept of preserving the balance in the universe. And Irim is transporting people... Um, I'm not sure if it's from Tails universe to Egon's universe or if it's the other way around. Uh, but whatever it is, we do know that um, these people are definitely being brought across to increase his power and his standing, I suppose. I'm just guessing mm. that maybe Irim wants to rule both worlds, which is why he killed the, the Jebel guy. You know, there was like an article in the news. So in Tails world, like a yeah. big corporate... Like the Jebel guy passed his management oh. to the son. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, when son came to Irim with. Then the father knelt down. Yeah, and then Irim and... kills the son and then brings yeah. the, the son that has the same face from his world mm. in Tails' world and replaced him with one of his followers. Yeah, you see, this is one problem with the drama. There are too many people. Too many and people. It's not yeah. that I don't recognize Asian faces because I'm Asian. <laughs> So it's it's not like I'm being racist or anything, but after a while, all the faces start to melt together, and mm. I don't really I don't really see who's who anymore. I just focus more on the faces when the camera zooms, because there's yeah. a reason why camera zooms in, right? That's very true. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah. camera zoomed. I have to remember the face. <laughs> That's how I watch it. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like I read an article. And the article said, said the King Eternal Monarch is basically Irim bringing a, a clown car of people back and forth <laughs> between universes. The person actually used clown car. Oh my gosh. And I totally agree with that description because I'm getting very lost. Mm. <laughs> there are too many people. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. 
So anyway, last week we discussed uh, what Kang Sin Jae's role is in this drama. And this week we learned that he's originally from Egon's universe, which kind of makes me wonder what the implications his mother would have with Egon's evil uncle, Irim. And also they showed Egon's mother in Teo's universe is being imprisoned in the car. She says that she tried to kill herself many times, but Irim keeps bringing her back to life. So I'm wondering if this means that the flute has more magical powers than just crossing dimensional borders. I thought Irim stopped her from killing herself. So when she was about mm. to die, maybe he brought her to the hospital or something like that. I understood it that way. I'm not sure about the English subtitle. What she said actually in Korean was like, oh, anyway, you won't let me die. Something like yeah. that. So... Yep. Irim was just protecting her, not like mm, bringing that yeah. person to, back to life. person back to life again. I don't know. Yeah. I don't well, know, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this way because um, Irim doesn't age. Mm. So I was wondering if the flute had some sort of magic that allowed him to like reverse the time, reverse time on other people. Right. It's just very, getting very convoluted right now mm. with the the number of people crossing universes. <laughs> and I'm so confused that sometimes I don't even know which world they're in until I see a palace or a police station. <laughs> those those are the only two constants. Oh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so that's that for I guess episode seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm feeling a bit frustrated mm. <laughs> but I hope that you know in time to come especially because now the uncle and Egon are both on the move hopefully the pace quickens a bit I guess <laughs> or, and they stop like trying to focus on too many people I think yeah. that after the first or second time when they showed us people crossing um, the dimensions it was alright but now we have had like five six seven people and counting I hope they don't keep doing that because it's it's difficult to keep track especially for me who just I, I have a very bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah. recognize faces. I do very bad in orientation games. Like, oh hi Annabelle. I'm like, who who are you? Who are okay. you? <laughs> oh yeah, I know you. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Jason and I will be doing another review on the King Eternal Monarch next Thursday. So remember to tune in. And if you guys want to join the conversation, feel free to drop me a message with your thoughts. For Twitter, that's at Talkshow. And for Instagram, it's at Bell the Free Elf. And Jace and I will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.